welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. And no matter the negative circumstances or appearances in the world, no matter the trials and tribulations that we may have suffered in the past or may be experiencing presently, remember that the past is gone, never to return, and our future is yet to be known. But where we are at this moment in life, in this immediate instant, is all that matters, our eternal now. So let us always live in love, for ourselves and others, and keep our attention focused on our I Am Presence. Because in the end, when all is said and done, love is truly all that matters. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. Whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before, and God will call the past to account. Ecclesiastes 3.15 Thou majestic presence, infinite creator of all there is, the great I am, visible and invisible, manifest and unmanifest. We rejoice in thy great and mighty presence, that thou hast made us aware of thy limitless power, thy infinite intelligence, thy eternal youth, and beauty. We give praise and thanks that we have become so aware of thy great opulence, thy great abundance, that we feel it like a mighty river in our hands and use, thou mighty endless source. Thou ceaseless stream. Thou hast made us aware that, I am the mighty power of precipitation. We bow before thee in adoration and full acceptance of thy mighty presence and power. I bring you greetings from the great host, and the great light of the illumined ones is growing rapidly stronger. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the energy you use in every action. I am the light, illumining every cell of your being. I am the intelligence, the wisdom, directing your every effort. I am the substance, omnipresent, without limit, which you may use and bring into form without any limit. I am thy strength, thy perfect understanding. I am thy ability to apply it constantly. I am the truth that gives you now perfect freedom. I am the open doorway to the light of God that never fails. I give praise I have entered into this life fully, using that perfect understanding. I am thy sight that sees all things visible and invisible. I am thy hearing, listening to the bells of freedom, which I hear now. I am thy ability, sensing the most ravishing fragrance at will. I am the completeness of all perfection you ever wish to manifest. I am the full understanding, power and use of all this perfection. I am the full revelation and use of all the powers of my being which I am. I am the love, the mighty motive power back all action. I wish to give the most kindly warning to the students under this radiation to watch every feeling, that at no time anyone accept a feeling of jealousy at the progress of another. Each student must always remember that he has no concern whatsoever with the other students, except to know that, I am the God presence there in action. 
Each student must understand that his only concern is the harmonizing, quickening, and expansion of his own mind and world. The sooner students understand that the one imperative demand of the great law of their being is harmony of the mind and feelings, the quicker will perfection manifest. Without this being maintained, they cannot go beyond a certain state of progress. When students and friends have a deep, sincere love for each other which is not inquisitiveness, that love is the greatest blessing and uplifting power. If one feels critical, inquisitive, or out of harmony toward a person, place, condition, or thing, it is a sure signal that the outer self is acting, and the right attitude is to correct it immediately. Everyone, especially students, must realize that they have only one thing to do, and that is to feel, see, and be perfection in their own worlds. Beloved Saint Germain Isis Unveiled, Chapter 14 If we possess but little proof of the ancients having had any clear notions as to all the effects of electricity, there is very strong evidence, at all events, of their having been perfectly acquainted with electricity itself. Ben David, says the author of the occult sciences, has asserted that Moses possessed some knowledge of the phenomena of electricity. Professor Hurt, of Berlin, is of this opinion. Michaelis, remarks, firstly, that there is no indication that lightning ever struck the Temple of Jerusalem during a thousand years. Secondly, that according to Josephus, a forest of points, of gold, and very sharp, covered the roof of the temple. Thirdly, that this roof communicated with the caverns and the hill upon which the temple was situated, by means of pipes in connection with the gilding which covered all the exterior of the building, in consequence of which the points would act as conductors. Amianus Marcellinus, a famous historian of the 4th century, a writer generally esteemed for the fairness and correctness of his statements, tells that the Magi preserved perpetually in their furnaces fire that they miraculously got from heaven. There is a sentence in the Hindu Alkhat, which runs thus, to know fire, the sun, the moon, and lightning, is three-fourths of the science of God. Finally, Salvert shows that in the days of Tejas, India was acquainted with the use of conductors of lightning. This historian plainly states that iron placed at the bottom of a fountain, and made in the form of a sword, with a point upward, possessed, as soon as it was thus fixed in the ground, the property of averting storms and lightnings. What can be plainer? Some modern writers deny the fact that a great mirror was placed in the lighthouse of the Alexandrian port, for the purpose of discovering vessels at a distance at sea. But the renowned Buffon believed in it, for he honestly confesses that if the mirror really existed, as I firmly believe it did, to the ancients belong the honor of the invention of the telescope. Stevens, in his work on the East, asserts that he found railroads in Upper Egypt whose grooves were coated with iron. Canova, Powers, and other celebrated sculptors of our modern age deem it an honor to be compared with Phidias of old, and strict truth would, perhaps, hesitate at such a flattery. H. P. Blavatsky Professor Jowett discredits the story of Atlantis, in the Timaeus, and the records of 8,000 and 9,000 years appear to him an ancient swindle. But Bunsen remarks, there is nothing improbable in itself in reminiscences and records of great events in Egypt 9,000 years BC, for, the origines of Egypt go back to the 9th millennium before Christ. Then how about the primitive Cyclopean fortresses of ancient Greece? 
Can the walls of Turin's, about which, according to archaeological accounts, even among the ancients it was reported to have been the work of the Cyclops, be deemed posterior to the pyramids? Masses of rock, some equal to a cube of six feet, and the smallest of which, Pausanias says, could never be moved by a yoke of oxen, laid up in walls of solid masonry 25 feet thick and over 40 feet high, still believed to be the work of men of the races known to our history. Wilkinson's researches have brought to light the fact that many inventions of what we term modern and upon which we plume ourselves, were perfected by the ancient Egyptians. The newly discovered papyrus of Ebers, the German archaeologist, proves that neither our modern chignons, skin-beautifying pearl powders, nor odentrifices were secrets to them. More than one modern physician, even among those who advertise themselves as having made a specialty of nervous disorders, may find his advantage in consulting the medical books of Hermes, which contain prescriptions of real therapeutic value. The Egyptians, as we have seen, excelled in all arts. They made paper so excellent in quality as to be time-proof. They took out the pith of the papyrus, says our anonymous writer, previously mentioned, dissected and opened the fiber and flattening it by a process known to them, made it as thin as our fool's cap paper, but far more durable. They sometimes cut it into strips and glued it together, many of such written documents are yet in existence. The papyrus found in the tomb of the Queen's mummy, and another one found in the sarcophagus of the Chambre de la Reine, at Gitze, present the appearance of the finest glossy white muslin, while it possesses the durability of the best calf parchment. For a long time the savants believed the papyrus to have been introduced by Alexander the Great, as they erroneously imagined a good many more things, but Lepsius found rolls of papyri in tombs and monuments of the 12th dynasty, sculptured pictures of papyri were found later, on monuments of the 4th dynasty, and now it is proved that the art of writing was known and used as early as the days of Menes, the protomonarch, and thus it was finally discovered that the art and their system of writing were perfect and complete from the very first. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 Blessed, blessed, blessed ones, when we have furnished the heart flames of our love into the physical bodies of mankind, millions and millions and billions, century after century after century, don't you think sometime we want you to awaken, and all mankind awaken, realize the reality of our presence, and understand what we can do to set mankind free from its own darkness, its own distress, and its own misunderstanding of life, until the continual purification takes place that returns the outer intellectual consciousness into the use of the higher mental body. Your outer consciousness can just as well be filled with the light and the perfection and the victory of the higher mental body, as to let your intellect accept the things of the outer world that are not the perfection of life. And if you ask the seven mighty Elohim to charge you with their ascended master consciousness of what we know will make you master over the discord of the world, you'll open the door and give us an opportunity to fill you with our life's love, our purity, our perfection, and our light, that can tell you ahead of time whether a thing is going to be a success or not. Your need is to blaze light into the future, and you need it to close the door of the past against the remembrance of the discord and the distress, and the destruction and the failure, of the mistakes of the past. Please don't remember anything that is a mistake of the past. Don't let the outer world's intellectual explanations say, well, you have to learn from the mistakes of the past. You don't have to do anything of the kind. You make God dependent on evil if you say that. Don't accept it. 
You can have all the sacred fire illumining love and intelligence, and almighty perfection of eternity to come right into you, and tell you the perfection that is needed for you to hold control of outer physical conditions, and that forever makes you master of circumstance. We ask you to do this because we want to close the door of the past, we want to help you plan the perfection of the future, but you never live any time but this immediate second. Your eternal now is the only time you can ever live, the eternal now, this immediate instant. The past is gone, the next one has not come yet, so you can only live in the eternal now. Beloved Elohim of Peace This is what we want you to fill with the heart flame of your own mighty I am presence divine plan fulfilled every instant for you, fill the outer self with our heart flames perfection of our purity, our love, our peace, our perfection and mastery of eternity, that none can ever change, that your distress may cease, you may express your mastery, you may draw forth cosmic powers to help your fellowmen, and to help free your nation from that which otherwise will destroy and desecrate everything. Blessed ones, we simply beg you to live by our sacred fire heart's flame, that you may forever be at peace. That is why I am the Elohim of peace, because my love is indestructible peace, indestructible power without limit, indestructible illumination, indestructible wisdom, and indestructible control of all manifestation. So, when conditions battle you and are the limitations of the outer, stop a moment and call forth the heart flame of your mighty I in presence, and the heart flames of the seven mighty Elohim, to fill you with what we know makes you victorious over the conditions of the outer world that are trying to battle you when you want to do something constructive. I trust we will be able to help you be victorious in anything and everything constructive that you attempt to do, and you will not have to be delayed in the accomplishment of something that is worth doing, and does fulfill the divine plan that helps the rest of mankind to be free. We want you to be that victory now. Applause. Thank you so much. Beloved Elohim of Peace. <laughs>